You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is brought to you by... The Makery, the podcast network for makers. And here we, here we, here we, here we, here we, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Work For It podcast. My name is Brian House, and you are on the Makery Network. We are joined, as always, in the studio with my Mr. Main Man, Mr. Trent Hill. Howdy, folks. And my beautiful wife, Sarah. Hi. And we are uh, recording, if you can believe it, episode 19. Wow. 19 episodes so far of the Work For It podcast. Uh, and if you don't know who I am, my name is Brian House. I have a YouTube channel called House Work. And uh, we prototype machines and we build stuff and, you know, tomfoolery and some dumbassery and some other stuff. And You, you know, break your wife's paddleboard. I, bro- I broke your paddleboard. Um, and that's, that's, that's an old video. That's dumbassery. Yeah, that's an old video though. So he's I'm, like, I'm, "Hey, everybody, check out how I build my own winch system." <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely screwed the pooch on that one. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, you I'm know. just glad you got it on video. <laughs> yeah, well, it was broken to begin with. Can I just say that we, it wasn't snapped in half? It wasn't snapped in half. Let's get but it was real. Definitely compromised <clears throat> in right. numerous ways. Let's get real. Why, yeah. Wives you are good it. at keeping us honest. Yeah. That's what you want to call it. They they never they never <laughs> let us they never let us forget our flaws. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It's I, I have so many flaws and I've made so many mistakes. Yeah, it's a lot to keep track of. It's interesting <laughs> that you pick the it's a, paddleboard. It's a Dewey as... Decimal system full of <laughs> items. No, there's <laughs> I forget everything. That was just a big one. That was a big one. Yeah. Thousand dollar paddleboard broken half. I deleted the video from YouTube, so you can't even go watch it anymore. You didn't. I did. Why'd you do that? Well, you know, when you make a YouTube channel, you do, you after a while. Is Trent filing his nails down right I, now? I What's going on? I don't know what he's doing. Trent, what are you <laughs> up to over there? I was sharpening my blade. Very, ah, okay, oh, hey, carry on. Yeah, I, was I did not realize you could hear it. that. I, I am oh, so sorry. Definitely. Yeah. No, no, keep going. It's nice background. 
don't 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 keep going trent it's, i could it's, it now sounds like a, it. it sounds like a rat like chewing on like a <laughs> I, wire. Was just, I was just wondering if i was wrong because i was imagining him w- with like his bare foot up on the table in front of him and he was like scraping <laughs> gnawing on my toenails <laughs> He's flaking his toenails off with like a super beautiful knife. <laughs> uh, He's got like one of those like big uh, curvy uh, sandpaper. What do they call those things that people file their an nails? Emery board. Emery board. He's got one of those going. He's like removing the the. But big, he's got it hooked up to an industrial grinder, like a big chalky <laughs> yeah. uh, piece of. No, it's just skin it's just a common. This went so, too far. It's a whetstone, and you're sharpening but wood I apologize. again. Oh, this is a brand new present that somebody sent me. It is a lovely piece that I will be displaying on my Instagram later. Uh, this is courtesy of Joshua Perkins, active duty Marine and uh, amateur knife maker. And he sent me a real beauty that is currently on his Instagram page. It's uh, a one two steel, tool steel. And it is a maple burl and resin handle. It's got a blue G10 liners on it. And the damn thing is like five sixteenths of an inch thick. It is stout. No kidding. So it's a it's like a chopper. Yeah, it's it's uh it's got a good heft to it. And if we want to find Josh on Instagram, what's his Instagram? That would be jperk like forty eight. Jperk48 yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, which one is it? Which knife it's, is it? It's oh. the latest one that he had on his feed. With the blue scales. Yep. The blue and the maple. Mm-hmm. Is that maple? That is so cool. I'm a little bit jealous, I got to say. I mean, uh, you've you've actually received qu- quite a few gifts from from people uh, you know, following you through the podcast and and uh, on Instagram and all, and uh, the love for Trent is 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 real. Is real it's out it's there, palpable. man. Um, yeah, the, to be fair, though, this wasn't Ooh. directly because of the uh, podcast. This is Josh and I talk quite frequently, and uh, we've been hatching some plans for a couple of different car builds, and uh, he just decided to. Send this to me because uh, the thing that you and I discussed earlier, he's aware of that as well, and he wanted to give me a little Did congratulations. You get the, the Kydex uh, sheath as well mm-hmm. with the clip. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that is sweet, sweet. I like how he did the uh, the handle with the epoxy and the and the burl. Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool, man. Well, Josh, thanks for. Sending Trent something and not me. Totally, totally appreciate that. Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, remember all those stickers I sent you, Josh? Remember that? You're huh? such a jerk. Jeez. No, I'm kidding. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'll just cry about it later. It's no big deal. Uh, but uh, so getting back to what I was saying about the paddleboard and the YouTube channel, I went back through. I actually at, at one time had over 150 videos on my YouTube channel and and uh, I went through them. I called them because uh, YouTube has this thing and, you know, I've, there's a, a bunch of differing opinions out there about whether or not you should leave your old videos up there. And even some of the older videos that I have up there, people still bring them up 
And they're like, oh, remember that time you, you know, cut that huge cyst out of your head? And, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have that up there. But, eh, you know, you leave them there for posterity, right? So, but some of the older stuff that just didn't really fit the niche, I just basically got rid of and, you know, whittled the channel down to 60-some videos that I felt were important to leave there and then i just continued on with my journey on youtube and creating content which has been you know the niche now is like moving towards you know prototyping and manufacturing and building tools and what i find most amusing about that is i was doing the same thing with my instagram page and you were telling me no no leave that stuff up there well because you were just so new to it you know, like you, you need stuff, like you need things that will be, you know, to fill that. I, I felt like that, that void was thing. Yeah. That yeah, void that in void. my soul. Well, yeah, I think you didn't have, you didn't, you didn't have much up there to begin with. So that was, the no, I didn't I'm saying that, but, but, uh, anyhow, so I am, uh, I'll give you guys an update as to what's been going on in my workshop and my studio. I have not had a ton of time actually to focus on that because last week was Sarah's birthday. That's right. Sarah celebrated another revolution around the sun. And uh, we took a couple of days off last week and it was all played zero work. I barely looked at my phone. And we just kind of sat around by the pool and enjoyed our, you know, uh, time as uh, adults, you know, without kids. We didn't have kids that weekend, so it was really nice to. How many anniversaries of your twenty-fifth birthday is this, Sarah? Quick math. Uh, thirteen. No. <laughs> you know, she's looking to me for help. Eighteen. You, you're not going to get too much help. I think it's eighteen. <laughs> oh my god. I think it's eighteen. I'm forty-three. There you go. Oh, so man. you're it, you you know the old. I'm creative. Saw, I'm sorry. The old saw about you're not supposed to ask a woman her age. Oh, I don't care. I'm the same age as Brian. Like we had very similar generational you know like everything was the same for us we we just have so much in common as different as we are it's it's kind of cool that we're the same age i like it so you know 1977 what up we had (laughs) we've had so many technical problems today with this i i it's we don't have a studio set up for this podcast so we set it up in our bedroom you know and i gotta like plug everything all in at some point i'll get a fancy little yeah, when we get up to like fifty viewers, listeners, 50 listeners, right? Yeah. Then we, we actually have more than fifty. Believe it or not, <laughs> I am impressed every time I look at the statistics and I see how many people have downloaded our podcast. I'm like, wow, people are listening, insane, and all the messages. Well, that many and people DMs. listened one time. Well, no, we we get a I get a very detailed report. Um, from Megaphone, which is the Makery Network has a has a sponsored uh, or they pay for. Uh, I don't really know, understand how it all works, but Craig has a has a thing where um, he 
He gets metrics from the platform. Well, I I have my own account, so I can log in as work for it, and I can see, you know, how many downloads we get. But uh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Very, very cool. And um, we get quite a few downloads, and I I'm still learning about the reporting. So you know, it's one of those things. Right. But uh, but yeah. So yeah, we're very famous. (laughs) I'm just saying. What's what's the old saying? We're big in Japan. Yeah. I'm huge in Tasmania. Yeah. I'm huge in Warrington, PA. That's it. That's it. My, my mom listens. Does your mom listen? I don't know. I feel like she would definitely have brought it up by now if she listened to any one show. Yeah, she hasn't brought up shit. So we know that she definitely doesn't listen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Speaking yeah. of that, yeah. we have now finally surpassed. <laughs> Speaking of your mom. Speaking of shit and your mom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We we have surpassed twenty five thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yay! Wow, <laughs> good job. Yeah, so that's that's feels pretty good. Although I have hit somewhat of a wall with content creation because I'm feeling very um, feeling very enclosed in my space. I need I need I have spent some time in the last week, last couple of weeks, really going through everything, getting rid of things, moving things, trying to consolidate so that I actually have room to shoot content. So um, I still haven't gotten rid of that big old mammoth four by eight workbench that I need to get rid of, but um, the bane of your existence. I think it is. I think I'm going to chop that thing up and throw it in the street and set it on fire. That's going to be the, it's going to be, a, I'll make a video about that. I'll just be like, you know what? I hate this thing so much. I just, all you do is you wait right until now. the next riot and you just put it out there with all the other shit that they set on fire. Nobody riots in Naples, Florida. Let me just uh, fill you in on our, you know, our, the biggest riot we have is when some restaurant closes because they run out of rum. <laughs> and then, you know, all the people are running down the streets, you in know, all these, Tommy Bahama shirts. Yeah. They're, you know, they're very um, old, you know, 55 year old plus people running around going, I don't have this and my pool isn't whatever temperature. And yeah, lots of. My pool's of, not uh, ninety three degrees. It's it. That's in it. their in their old writing. wrinkly saggy skin. We have lots of sun worshippers down here. That's for sure. But what it does is, so the rum and the sunshine and the swimming pools keeps everyone sedated enough to where they. <laughs> I haven't seen a riot yet. I mean, I have you, Sarah. I mean, there's not been much here. No, like how can you? How can you get? A riot together when you're so relaxed. God, everybody should just live in Florida. That's the Ugh. that's the that's key. What it, what it, well, I, I would say the, the true <laughs> takeaway is everybody should drink rum, and then and lots of it. Yes, and then yeah. you know, avoid avoid Florida at your own. Um, yeah, don't move level. to Florida. It's no fun here. No one, no one has any fun here. People come here thinking it's like a paradise. They get here and oh, then it's like, like Vegas, oh, I have man. Yeah. It's like Vegas. It, I do not people understand burn out why, here. I do not understand why anybody would willingly get on a plane for four or five hours to go to like the biggest shithole in the world and then risk losing, you know, all their savings on some stupid shit playing the craps tables or blackjack or whatever. And then, you know, you you get shuffled into these all-you-can-eat buffets, and I just, I don't get it. 
I went there once. That that was that was one time too many for me. Yeah, I I always think about like being out in the desert. You know, you're out in the middle of this. You know, basically there was nothing out there when they built the city, and that was kind of the whole point of Vegas was that they were going to rise up a city out of the middle of the desert, and then they did it. And uh, you look at what they've built, and it's pretty amazing. I I think I've never been there. I I would think that it's you know kind of impressive to at least go one time. So. Have you been, Sarah? I don't even know. I've been one time. To Vegas? Did mm-hmm. you have fun? I had a great time. The, okay. the coolest part is that uh, the the outdoor mall that you walk through that's got the lights and stuff on the ceiling. That's kind of what I, want, I would want to see is all the lights. And I'm not a big gambler. I, I, I'm too cheap. I can't give up my money. I do, I do have yeah, to I've say, played, if, played a lot. If, you, if you like eating out and you're willing to risk it, you know, you can eat some damn good food at the buffets, but, you know. I didn't go to one buffet, not one. I went to, like, a really, really nice Japanese steakhouse. I went to, like, a Brazilian steakhouse thing uh, that was really good. Um, sushi. What you good. don't want to do is go to a Brazilian steakhouse and a Japanese, um, like, get a Japanese wax. You, you want to do the opposite. You want to go to a Japanese steakhouse and get Brazilian wax. What's a Japanese wax? I don't know, but it can't be good. Oh. Nobody talks about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never had. I was like, oh, enlighten things. me. <laughs> I'm sure it's a thing. It's, it's probably it like now. lots of Hello Kitty and um, maybe anime characters. Right, it's when you get like a Dragon Ball Z logo. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking that the selective hair removal has got to hurt more than everything all at once. I don't know. You'll have to do that and let us know. <laughs> Pikachu. <laughs> so Mr. Trent, you sound like you're a little tired. You've been busy. I know I know uh, you I can't talk busy. a whole lot about what's going on, but you 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 you've been you sound like you might be like putting in a full day's uh maybe three days a week uh situation in one day type of type of deal so what's going on you're you, are you feeling all right uh yeah i mean you know it's just uh a lot of things are happening all at once so uh gotta deal with the situation and uh like the and your the door, the door job that, the roof uh yeah that's actually gonna get pushed off a couple of days just because another job popped up that is more important um well like that door job that i posted on instagram uh that was scheduled for this spring and between the covid shutdown and the same vendor that gave me the steel and didn't deliver for six months uh they supplied those doors and so the same day that my steel was delivered they delivered those doors to my customer and uh yeah it looked like they dropped them off the back of the truck drug them for a couple of feet picked them back up dropped them again <laughs> um so there was lots of he said lots it was of like cosmetic like little dance and stuff yeah lots of cosmetic right? like shit that dance. had to be fixed uh, so I didn't even worry about the cosmetics until I got the doors installed. And then and then the doors 
were supposed to be direct drop-ins and the brick molding was like an inch wider overall. So I had to trim uh, the siding so that the brick molding would fit in the available space. Like the actual door frame, the uh, pre-built case was fine. It was the brick mold. I don't know when standards changed, but I do know that that garage was built in 99. So maybe something's happened in the last 21 years to make the brick molding wider than what was available. And the brick molding then. is the, the molding on the outside of the door, like on the yeah, outside it's, of the structure. It's the trim around the casement is what they call the brick molding. And it's usually a little bit thicker so that it can accommodate yeah. siding and yeah. brick. And, you know, and traditionally you have like, you'll have J mold under the top edge of the siding so that it protects the the brick mold of the casing so that you so don't get, get any rod waterlogged. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've seen it where they've made the brick molding out of composite material so mm -hmm. that it, you know, it's, it's paintable and it's, mm -hmm. but it's just, it's like a polycarbonate or something. It's yeah. Really it's probably PVC stuff. or vinyl. Yeah. I did that in my studio. I just used all uh, PVC trim around the base of the floor so I could hose the whole place out. You know, mm -hmm. if I wanted to, mm -hmm. if I've ever moved out of there and I needed to just hose it all down or wash the floor or whatever, all of that is plastic around the base. For those so that, for uh, those times when you indulge your inner uh, your inner Dexter, my inner Dexter, and I slice up some people in there, and we we have a real <laughs> blood problem all over the walls and the floor. I can just hose the whole place out, like put a center drain in the floor. Yeah. Make sure every, everything's nice and clean. Just don't put but, a blue uh, light in there. <clears throat> yeah. And see some stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's you know, I, I went from, I, it was basically zero to 60 in like three seconds flat because I went from, I had all of these different jobs lined up and then COVID happened and the stock market tanked. And so what jobs um, I had lined up a lot of them got canceled because you know people's retirement funds are wrapped up in the stock market and when you see a 30 percent retraction that affects your uh, what you've got to live on during the year so I had a lot of jobs canceled and I couldn't get materials for this place and uh, so everything got drug out a long time and I needed to get his garage weather tight you know, with, uh, especially where he lives, he lives on the North Fork. So it, it would be no surprise to me for it to dump snow, you know, six inches of snow in the next week out there. So I had to in late September, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the around here, you know, I, I can literally only remember, uh, maybe three or four years growing up where I didn't have to wear snow, bo snow boots while trick-or-treating oh wow yeah and then and then typically Illinois was that way too it was cold yeah there. well see where he lives is just on the other side of the canyon and so there's more uh like the snow tends to dump there and then if there's a bigger storm it'll carry on over the canyon and dump out there uh so he'll he'll get he'll get snow before the city gets snow yeah yeah, we have the same thing in where I grew up in Illinois. We used to get what's called the lake effect, mm -hmm. where it was always colder when you were most near 
one of the major uh, Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of people don't realize, but the Great Lakes would be considered seas if they weren't freshwater. The only reason they're called lakes is because they're actually the largest, the world's largest repository of fresh water. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, they're like huge, huge bodies of water. Yeah. Because if you look at like Lake Titicaca, I think is the next largest lake and it's smaller than like Lake Erie. Yeah. Yep. And then you have the yeah, Baltic can... Sea and the Baltic Sea is actually about the same size as, is it superior? Superior's the biggest Ooh, one. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. And then you've got. Um, you need to get on Jeopardy, Trent. Lake like Michigan. Stat. Yeah, and you know people come to Lake Michigan to surf. Mm-hmm. That's how big it is. It has its own surf, but it's freshwater. Well, yeah, and then it's, you know, it's really uh, kind of interesting. Think about the oldie but goodie the uh, the song by uh, Gordon Lightfoot about the uh, Edmund Fitzgerald. People don't realize, but I mean, you get real ocean weather conditions out there in the middle of the great lakes like huge oh, yeah. storms oh, huge yeah. storms that'll oh, the, yeah. those great lakes are are littered with cargo ships and things that have been swamped and and sunk yeah one one of uh, my bucket and, list items oh yeah yeah there were submarines in there mm-hmm. that that uh that made it through and i've heard rumor i don't know if it's true or not that uh, a Russian submarine was detected in one of the Great Lakes at one time, uh, but the uh, one of the things in my on my bucket list is to do the Great Loop. Are you familiar with what the Great Loop is? Uh, kind of. I've heard of it because my my family's from the UP. Mm, yeah, Upper Peninsula. Yep. Upers. Upers. Yeah, the, so the Great Loop is essentially you uh, you take a ship or a boat uh, up the eastern seaboard, and then you cross into the U.S. and through Canada. You take there's a waterway that will take you all the way into the Great Lakes. Is that and then through the, the Lawrence Lakes, River? You, is that you know? Lawrence? I don't know the exact path. I I think it's uh, you you enter the because I know you can also go then, up. I know you can also go up uh, the Hudson. The Hudson, there's some canals that will let you access the Great Lakes through the Hudson. Yes, there's there's a series of locks that will get you there. And then you end up dumping into the Mississippi River eventually. And then uh, from the Mississippi, you take that all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. And then you're in the Gulf of Mexico. You go, you, then you... Basically, you can do you can skirt the panhandle and then go all the way around uh, and then end up right back where you started, which would be on where I would start would be somewhere uh, in the southwest coast of Florida, where I live. Uh, Most people do it in a a trawler Uh, Mm -hmm. sailboats. I don't think can make it because the masts are too high. I don't think you can get through. Uh, Somebody could correct me if I'm wrong there, but uh, for a long, 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 long time, I, re- I would just sit and think about doing those trips, you know, where um, I'm still obsessing with maritime stuff, you know, even even though it's not like friendly to me health wise. I still think an awful lot about living on a boat and sailing around the world. It's still one of my like, I think once I get old enough and get past a certain point in my life where it doesn't matter whether or not I live or die, I'll probably just end up doing it. You know. <laughs> 
I mean, it's, it's right uh, now I'm raising kids, so I gotta, I yeah. gotta stay alive long enough to you know, see them through. Yeah, it's Is one of those things. Staying alive? <laughs> you it's would think those... that I'm joking, but it's the truth. I think about that. I'm like, you know what? If if at some point I were to pass sailing around the world, it'd be like doing something I love doing. You know? Right. Yeah. So. It's one of those things where, um, you don't you don't want to give up the dream because it kind of sustains you, but at the same time, it's like you know that there's so many things that could go wrong on it that like if you go you're committed yes yeah and and that's kind of what my level of thinking is is you know I, i'm sure i would be more than prepared for almost any situation and i would be very safe about the route that i took um but at the same time there's that you know you're placing yourself you know, in, in a position where, you know, that so many different things could go wrong that you could lose your life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but people do it all the time. People sail around the world all the time and, uh, and they do it without a lot of experience and, and they just make it a thing that they do. And, you know, I get, I get stuck in that mindset where I think about it an awful lot, you know? And, uh, and I think it's just escapism because I think I'm getting so, fed up with you know what's going on in the world not that i want to get into it too much but i just think about it and i think like you know if i was just on a sailboat none of this would matter and i could just you know stick my toes in the water catch some fish do my thing so but uh but anyway nice yeah i actually have some kind of exciting news uh i got asked to be on the art of craftsmanship podcast nice. so i'll be joining them this thursday uh this thursday we will be recording and i don't know when theirs comes out i think it, theirs comes out on friday so when you're listening to this the following show for the art of craftsmanship on a friday i should be on i i'm not sure but uh i'm gonna ha be hanging out with Devin and dustin from the art of craftsmanship and i'm super excited to talk to them and actually talk to them about sailing because they do an awful lot of that as well I didn't know that. You didn't They're know a very what? nautical family. They, I didn't know they were nautical. They're very nautical. That's they cool. they sail. They do the regattas almost every weekend in the summer. Um, Derek, I think, has a sailboat, and um, they 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 definitely sail a lot. So what do they race? Monohulls in in the um, what's the bay in Baltimore? Do you know Trent? Uh um. There's there's a uh, there's a big body of water right off of Baltimore. Yeah, Chesapeake. No, that's Maryland. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it is it's, Chesapeake. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is the Chesapeake. Yeah. Were you gonna say no? That's Maryland. Yeah, and then I was Maryland's like, right there. Baltimore <laughs> is Maryland, and then you were ass. like, Baltimore is the capital of Maryland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe uh, oh, you know, put that Jeopardy interview a little further off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You know so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god that's funny that's where our national aquarium is right there nice. on the waterfront it's super nice i might have to give that a a looky loo the the wife gets to go do these um conferences and stuff when those pick back up um i know that because they schedule these events out like a, a year or two in advance so she's like she's got to go to new orleans and uh houston and charlotte and uh the 
the one two years ago was actually in Billings. That was the first like landlocked one. But yeah, she gets to go do all these uh, conferences with other educators and animal folks, and so cool. Do you typically get to go with her? Um, well, before I couldn't because I was trapped in my job, but now I could. In fact, actually, we had one that was uh, canceled because of COVID that I, we were going to go to because her dad lives down in Oklahoma. My brother lives in Oklahoma, and um, I've always been fascinated by the Art Deco uh, architecture that's down there in uh, Tulsa and Oklahoma City. And there's a National Aerospace Museum down there. So we were like making all kinds of plans. And then like everything else, Rona had to fuck it up. Speaking of Tulsa, uh, did you I, I, have you ever watched the YouTube channel SV Seeker? The guy that's building a big steel yes. sailboat in his yes. front yard. It is fascinating. Oh my God. His name is Doug Jackson. And if you, if you care about, I hesitate to say that it's probably one of my, it's probably my favorite YouTube channel of all time. Except I think you should for, have hesitated. Now, man, <laughs> I mean, it is a great channel. It's Doug is building a 74 foot long steel sailboat in the middle of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes. And it, it is. He's currently building a trailer I, to get it transported out of there. Yes, he's and he's manufacturing those uh, the stems and everything for the wheels by oh, himself using like yeah, he's, winches. He's and, manufactured everything on that boat by himself. He built a CNC router. He cast his own propellers, like ba basically everything other than the engines. He's made himself. Yeah, and it's I love so the fact that they're putting all the art. It is, and like they even made the porthole covers. They cast those out of aluminum, and mm -hmm. like I, it's it's a really fascinating channel because I love sailing, I love maritime stuff, and I also love making stuff. So I'm watching, you know, it's kind of a great mixture between the two. So um, I highly recommend SV Seeker. They will be pulling that boat through to the port of Catoosa, which is tied to the uh, Mississippi River. So they'll be able to get dumped out into the um, Gulf of Mexico. Mm -hmm. Fascinating, fascinating story. So I highly recommend you. I, I love how he deals with SB the trolls. Because, oh my God, because so many people are like, oh, you're going to get cancer. Or, oh, that's going to, that'll never work. or And, and he's just like, uh, you know, pretty much fuck off and die. It's hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> he uh he does this new thing. I don't know how new it is, but like within the last year where somebody and I get this on my channel all the time, like where people tell me I shouldn't do things. Mm -hmm. Like I get all these great comments about <laughs> um wow, that's a really amazing build that you did. Thank you so much for the information. But why the hell did you remove the guard from your angle grinder? And it's just like <laughs> what? Like it, it, I, I had one guy write a big long comment, and it said, "Normally, I would never watch a video of a guy cutting anything out with an angle grinder without a uh, shield on it, but I liked your design so much, I sat through the video anyway." Yeah, the uh, I think what that's called I a compliment that? sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you but you butter yeah, them up. It's a pat kit pat. Yeah. 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 It's it's really messed up. It it and so the way Doug deals with this is he'll write in and he'll say, Mom, is that you? And like <laughs> like he'll respond with like like I already have a mother. Thank you so much. I don't need another one. Like it's, it's just so silly. Like um, here's another one. I will, um, whenever I do something with my mill or my drill press, uh, I'll be wearing gloves and, um, Oh my God, you're going to lose every finger you were ever born with. Dude, you have no idea. I don't even know where the insanity from this comment, like where, where this, this information has spread from. But everybody on the internet thinks if you wear gloves and you work around a machine that spins, you're losing your arm. Yeah. Well, is, I mean, if, you, if you've crazy. ever seen some of the safety videos, like, I get it. Like, I've actually witnessed in person someone having their hand degloved. So the, the glove pinched, pulled the skin off their fingers, and that's disgusting. But here's the thing that anybody who works in a shop Nose. You don't touch rotating components, dumbass. <laughs> well, see, the gloves I wear are these like just cheap Sam's Club gloves. If mm-hmm. if anything gets caught, they just shred. They don't. They, you know, there's no binding to them at all. Like they would never be able to pinch you. They don't even catch on fire. They're yeah, like, they're just they're just garbage gloves. It's, you know, it's they just what it is. Apart. Is it's the people who've never actually done any of this kind of work, or they maybe took a class, and so now they think that oh, because they paid attention in the safety portion, they think they're experts. And it's like uh, I I've run big oil filled lathes. That's what they're called. They're called oil filled or or oil country lathes, and they have huge hollow spindles so that you can get these big components in there. And, you know, the, the the big no-no with running a lathe is don't wear long sleeves. Well, I'm telling you right now, when you've got chips that are coming off the lathe that are anywhere from popcorn kernel size to 50-cent pieces, you wear fucking sleeves because you don't want to look like a smackhead with all the scars from these hot chips hitting your skin. So you wear long sleeves so that as these chips are peeling off of this you know, tubular component that you're turning that you can stay in the cut and do the actual turning on it because this isn't hobby hour. We're not going to go out there and dink around with the lathe for, you know, an hour or two because you're waiting for the, the misses to get done with upstairs, downstairs or whatever bullshit she's watching. This is what we're doing for 12 hours a day. Yeah, I I am so over it. I'm over, I don't even respond to those comments anymore about you know never wear gloves. You know you're not wearing your say like one guy's like I never see you wear a mask. I'm like you never see my face. I don't show my face <laughs> unless I'm just talking at a camera. What are you talking about? I don't wear a mask <laughs> while I'm talking at a camera. Oh man! Oh, it's, it's but great. COVID. It's, it's, but COVID. You might give the camera COVID. COVID. You're, yeah. you're gonna get COVID from your lathe, you know. Yeah. And um, you know what's funny is that uh, Casey Neistat is vlogging again. Okay, and uh, you, I'm sure you know who he is, but he he uh, he's this big YouTuber. And yeah, inspired a bunch of people. Yep. And and um, I really, recently really saw him in stuff. a movie. Uh, yeah, he was in a watch? Jamie Fox. Flick. Yep, yep. Okay, so we saw the same one. I have yeah. to say, I've ne- I've never wanted to see someone get killed more than his character. <laughs> I think he gets punched or something. I'm not sure if he gets killed, but um, uh, yeah, but he kind of gets turned well, inside out. Spot, but anyways, yeah. 
Oh, is it? Oh, jeez. Well, I yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I like watching Casey because I think his channel's creative and I like it. But uh, so um, I guess something happened with his father-in-law got onto YouTube and started reading the comments that people were leaving for you know like on Casey's videos about Stanley, who's his father-in-law, and mm-hmm. Stanley got into like a back and forth and he did an entire video basically about like how you just don't get involved really in the comments on YouTube because it's just a shit show. And, um, it's, you know, for the most, it is. Well, the problem is, is that I have a lot of friends that follow my YouTube channel and people that I've met like you through YouTube that I would have never met had I not like responded to them. But it's, so I do read the comments. Yeah. It's, it's different. There's something about, there's something about reaching a channel size of Casey's that you just bring out all of the crazies. You know what well, I mean? When you have like that many subscribers, yeah, you're just going to get. And and so what Casey says about the YouTube comment section is he's like, you just don't get involved. He's like, you just don't go there. You don't even look at it. Don't even bother. But I'm like, <laughs> it's I'm trying cancer. to build a community here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how, how do I how do I not? You know, I, well, and, and a lot that's... of times the comments on YouTube are great. Like, I get a lot of really great con- like, uh, I think pieces you're at of the, information. You know? I think you're at the sweet spot, though, like because you've you've built your your channel up without having the huge pressure of a channel like like his um so you you can you can craft those interpersonal relationships whereas they're they're really you know unless you see like Mark Rober or whatever comment on one of his videos it's not really a peer to peer relationship on his comment section you know what i mean yeah, Does and his channel sense? isn't really like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes tons of sense. And his channel's really not like mine at all. I, I you know, I'm not like a personal personality. Is that, that a guru? Sense. Like he is. Yeah, I don't know. Like if he sells himself, he makes great video content, but it's more about his life mm-hmm. than anything else. You know, it's he's sharing well, personal things. I was gonna say, I noticed there's there's some similarities between him and Gary V's content. Like as yeah, far as I would say there is yeah. promoting, promoting, uh, promote, promoting creation and promoting like the positive aspects of being willing to, to go for it. You know, there, I love Gary V. Yeah. There's I just, love him. I, I watch a lot of his content. I really resonate with his stuff. I, think I do special. There's too. just and a he, lot of, he repeats the same stuff a lot, but yes. it's still good to, you need to keep hearing it. And yeah, there's a, totally. there's a lot of TikTok stuff that I don't, I can't, when he talks about TikTok, I just, I, I got to turn it off. Uh, yeah. I can't, I'm with I, you. Can't. I can't do TikTok. <laughs> I can't do it. It's, it's a very, it's very, it's for the young, yeah. young people. Yeah. And I old has, people are making bank on TikTok. Hey, I'm I am telling you, I'm aware it's a thing. Uh, you won't see me on there. I can't. I don't do it. understand how Dave you Vader. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh. Yeah, well, I don't know how they're monetizing it either. But like, I don't monetize Instagram. I know people do it. I don't know how they do it, but I, I don't make any money on Instagram. I mean, well, I sent just, you that I one. Like the, I sent you that one from the from the dickheads from the previous. Uh, episode where you were talking about the guy that was like i'm buying i'm gonna buy your plans and i'm gonna knock off a hundred grinders 
Yeah, you and shared uh, something he shared or something, didn't you? You with me? yeah, like he's he fuck, he's fucking he's doing Instagram ads, so he's paying to try to get your grinders oh. that he's making in front of other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's I was like, I was like, are you fucking guy. kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, yeah, I I'm on the fence about all that stuff. I think it's. Uh, yeah, it bothers Sorry. me so much, but I try not to think about it. Yeah, yeah now it's it's, it's, it's better that you don't. That's, it's just can we it's comment cancer. on the ad though? Because here's my take on it: any interaction you give the person, any any f- time you point to them, it just brings more awareness to their what they're you know yep. to their product, which is my product, but they've stolen it. So, mm-hmm. um. I, I have chosen to just totally be quiet about it for the most part. You know, yeah. I talked a little bit about it on the podcast and yep. I just, I talk a little bit about it on Facebook. And that's precisely I, why I, I, I didn't mention the name because I don't want to yeah, draw yeah. more attention to it. I just, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think really what it amounts to, it amounts to is they, they did it because they watched the YouTube channel and they thought they could just, I don't know if I told you, but they start commenting on my my videos and posting the links to their products. Oh my god! On in the comments section of my YouTube videos for my grinder. So and they're classy. like, "Oh, you can buy it from us at this and you know and and I'm like, dipshits! I just block you. That's all yeah. I'm going to do is just block you on everything, and then so all classy. this energy you're putting into it. Yeah, you know, it, it is the worst kind of business ethics I've ever seen. But, uh, Hey, you know what? Karma is a bitch and all I have to do is sit back and watch. So enjoy yourselves, fellas. Well, now that that unpleasantness is, is over. With, <laughs> you should I should one. buy my own grinder from the people who have copycatted and then, and then do a review on it on your channel. <laughs> Look at this crap. You think uh, you think the stuff I make, it. you know, you're always complaining about. <laughs> I'm going to wear gloves the entire time I'm <laughs> yeah. manufacturing it too, by the way, just to <laughs> just to make sure everybody is aware. I'm going to I'm going to cut all these parts out with a grinder without a shield on it. Just to upset everyone equally. Yeah, I'm just going to piss off the world. <laughs> all, right, all right. So uh, I I, uh, I posted a couple of pictures on Instagram, and I always ask questions. And I wanted to go back to the one that we posted two weeks ago because we got some questions that we never got to in the previous okay. episode. Yeah. Uh, the Art of Craftsmanship, I'm going to be on their podcast. They asked me, what's the deal with the rotary platen that I'm working on? And um, I am prototyping a rotary platen, and I'm still working on the tensioning device. I haven't really had a lot of time to actually sit down with it. Um, I have been working in my studio to try to free up some space so that I feel like my workflow is a little bit better. One of the things about a plasma CNC table, and I'm sure you already know this Trent, but um, it'll be interesting to talk with you about it. I have two major problems with my um, CNC plasma table. One is um, it creates a lot of dust. Even with a water table, it creates an enormous amount of dust and, Mm -hmm. um, not smoke so much. Somebody told me once they would never get it at CNC plasma table because of the amount of smoke. The smoke is pretty much consumed by the water, but the dust that it 
creates. It's not like regular dust. It's metal dust, but yes. it's like really tiny little balls, like these little sticky metal balls. I don't even know how to how to describe it other than that. It's and they go everywhere, but they're fine. They're very small, and you don't and notice them until they fuck. Yeah, you get them on your shirt, your clothes. You breathe them in. You'll find them in your nose, like you 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 know you're in the shower and you're digging like black shit out of your nose. It's it's just absolutely the worst. So I decided, you know what? It's time to move the CNC plasma into the grind room. Uh, and I'm sure I'm going to catch a bunch of shit for this because people are like, oh, you can't put it in your grind room. You know, your grind room is like the dustiest room in the whole place and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to make sure it's covered every time I'm using <laughs> the grinders and I'm just going to make sure that the table stays covered. All right. So just calm your shorts. I can already hear people like, you know, up in air about that. But um, losing I, their I, mind. I moved it. In, losing their mind. I mean, people are like, you bought a $5,000 table. You just can't get all dusty. Man, I had my mill in the grind room one time, and this guy just gave me an earful about that. He's like, can't have your mill in there. It's full of dust. Anyway, meanwhile, every single machine shop in the world is covered in dust. You know, we're all, you know, whatever. So so I moved the CNC plasma table into, I'm rolling it into the grind room yesterday. And like, I need another friggin' thing to do. The caster wheels on one side. Uh, the way that the, I threaded them up into the base, it, I use the uh, Langmuir systems uh, gives you kind of uh, these um, these little metal. I don't even know what how to describe them, but they're like feet that slide up into the two by two tubing, and they have like a threaded hole in the middle. Okay, I use those, and I put the I threaded the uh, the the caster wheels up into it, and then. Um, what I didn't realize was, you know, once I put the shelf underneath and I've now I've got a water tank that's holding like, you know, 30, 40 gallons of water. Uh, yeah. The, the thing was too heavy for those, for those pieces of metal. So those pieces of metal bent and then the casters basically lock themselves in place. So now I've got my CNC table. If you can imagine in that opening, that is, you know, the doorway going into the grind room, it's stuck there. I can't move it. It's and it's tilted, you know, on one side, all cantilevered. Ooh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah, not good. So I sort of block it up. Uh, you know, I lift it as much as I can and throw some two by four under there just to kind of keep it from twisting too much. And um, I don't have like a low enough jack in my shop to 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 lift it up, but I do have a motorcycle jack in my garage. So last night came home, grabbed my motorcycle jack. And this morning I drove over there and jacked everything all up and uh, and uh, put all new casters underneath. And I actually uh, made some uh, some pieces of metal that go up underneath the feed, and then I you know welded it all together so it's all fancy and strong and everything else. I got that into place, and when I realized you know now I'm moving the air dryer, I'm moving all my lines, my air lines, and everything coming from the compressor, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what, I might as well just do this right. So I weld a nice uh, T mount on the back side of the table to uh, hold the air dryer. So now the air dryer is mounted to the to this the table itself. So if you can imagine, it's an all in one system mm-hmm. now like you mm-hmm. can legit like roll it into the middle of a room plug it in hook it up to air and cut nice you don't have to have it you know it's not tethered to a wall which i'm really stoked about because if i ever want to move it again you know it's just all one unit yeah 
Um, so I, I finally achieved that today, but, uh, and, and feel like now I feel like when I send something to the table to have it cut apart, I can just close the, the eyes and glass on the, the grind room, let it cut its stuff out. I don't have to put on a respirator. I don't have to put on, you know, ear protection and the whole thing. I can just kind of walk out of the room and let it cut. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before I felt like, all right, I'm going to cut something today. I have to time my cuts because if I cut it now, my, you know, the whole space is going to fill with dust and, uh, you know, kind of smoky dust or whatever. And I have to, you know, I don't want to be hanging out in there if I have to wear a respirator all day. So I think I kind of solve that problem by moving it into the grind room. Yeah. I, I feel like and that's a pretty decent solution. Yeah. And then I also, I don't know if you ever saw that video on Instagram where I had that cheap Harbor Freight magnet, that bar magnet, mm-hmm. and I was like dragging it across mm-hmm. the floor and it was like picking up all the, the metal shavings and stuff. I decided to clean out my water table today with that same magnet. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it works. <laughs> it works so well. Oh, my God. And I uh, just pick up the slats and this wave that thing like a big wand mm-hmm. and it just loads up. Okay, with metal. So now I want you to do me a favor. I want you to clean it really well, including acetone, and then go get you some Plasti Dip and Plasti Dip that son of a bitch. And then you've got put a handle on it, and now you've got a dedicated uh, magnet for your plasma table, plasma table's water. That's a good idea. I have some of that Plasti Dip. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and one other thing, one other addition to the CNC table. And I said I had two major problems. One was the smoke and dust mm-hmm. solved, right? Got that problem solved. The second one was I would consistently lose my ground. Yeah. Sometimes like in the middle of a cut, yep. I'm cutting are you, and, are you, you know, I'm on like my 10th pierce and it's fine. And then bang, it stops cutting. Are you grounding? It stops arcing. Are you grounding to the sheet or to the slats? So I was grounding to the sheet. Okay. And then I would grind the mill scale mm-hmm. and I would grind it every time. So like, even if I reused a sheet, I would, you know, take new my spot. flap disc yeah. and I would new spot and make it, you know, whatever. And it was pretty consistent. Now I did read, on the Langmere Systems uh, uh, Facebook page that uh, they have had some issues that are similar to this with the razor weld, which is the plasma cutter that I have. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe that's related. I I don't know. Um, It can be. Because it sounds like a very... It, I would think so, but then if I clean the ground, it works. Okay, again, so you know, so I, I can't guarantee that this will work one hundred percent, but this is a pretty good option for you. Get you a pretty cheap set of jumper cables. Tie your plasma ground to the jumper cables, and then that way, because you can ground your jumper cables to the table, and then also to the um, the sheet material. And then you shouldn't lose ground that way. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I I see what you're saying. That's a good idea. I actually, here's, let me tell you what I did do. So I took a piece of steel. I drilled six holes in it. I tapped them quarter 20. Mm -hmm. I used some copper uh, battery terminal uh, um, eyelets. And I just cut the, the, the ground strap down 
and I tapped into the some of the slats. I tapped into that piece of metal, and then I also added a magnet that I could. I tapped into that. So what will happen is now four of the slats are always grounded, and then off of that same piece of steel. I now have a magnetized ground mm-hmm. that I can put right on the piece of the slat as well. Mm-hmm. That entire assembly sits in the water as well. So there's, you know, that's like an additional, I think, it, you know, might help a little bit with the ground. If it continues to happen now, I will know that I have an issue. I have, it's a capacitor. There's something that goes, there's something wrong with the razor weld. It's a, def, it's a, um, a known defect but they have a fix for it and they'll send it to you and you basically wire it into your machine and it, and it fixes the problem. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you, you, dude, I can't tell you how frustrated I'd be. I'd be cutting something, you know, and I've got 10 or eight different pierce points and, you know, only six of them will cut, you know, and then it gets caught in the middle say, Oh, I lost its ground. So now I have to go back into sheet cam. I have to remove that yep. particular one. And, uh, it's, dude, it just triples the amount of time you spend doing something. And Sarah and I have been toying around with the idea of maybe taking the plasma table and starting um, doing some signage and some other stuff, um, you know, uh, DXF files for uh, custom signs for people because Sarah's an artist. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thinking, like, if she were to create some really cool signage, I could convert them uh, in uh, Fusion to DXF and then cut them out on the plasma table. And uh, kind of do do custom sign work and stuff like that too. So I don't know. It was just a thought. No, it's not that I have any more time to start another. I was going to say that's hustle, that's the you real. Know. You know, people always they're like, oh, I could use this for so many things, and it's like, how many hours a day do you actually have to dedicate to do all these different things? You know, like it's it's yes, you technically could, but it's like at some point you're going to reach a point of diminishing returns, and it's like, is it? Is it really that valuable to me to try to maximize the um, functionality of this thing? Because I might be able to make some money doing it. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to just being able to use the machine reliably and comfortably and, and basically prototype more stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's really I've got so many concepts already drawn up in fusion and by the way there's a huge drama going on with autodesk and fusion mm-hmm. 360 right now i don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. <laughs> oh you've heard yeah well, everybody's heard, heard. Yeah. they changed it now so instead of it used to be you could have a free license if you made a hundred thousand dollars or less in your business they dropped that number from a hundred thousand to one thousand so now i don't really know how they can cross-check that like how do they know that you're making more than a thousand dollars a year or whatever but i guess it's because trust me so many people the cookies somehow they know oh it's 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 your you know we were talking about this with data collection and stuff though trust me they know yeah yeah they know and and i'll tell you how i think they know uh i think you're right about the cookie thing but um they reached out to me about becoming an affiliate partner and they want they want to basically give me a license of fusion and then also um you know create content around fusion 360 i wrote back to them saying i would love to do it but i'm not really all that hip on their new policy and i and i'm you know i'm trying to be understandable but how many guys can afford 
even at their 40% off thing they've got going on right now, it's still 300 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for a piece of software like that, I get it. I can afford it, but I mean, a lot of guys can't afford that, you know. Um, they're just not there. But I love the software. I'm so conflicted. I just absolutely love Fusion. I think it's a great piece of software. So, um, I don't know. It's, we it's a thing, see. I but, I come uh, at it from the different view uh, of intellectual property and also uh, like a lot of government contracts. You can't use cloud-based software because there are um, ITAR is one of them. But there are a lot of restrictions for being able to manufacture. Uh, like replacement parts for helicopters and airplanes and anything firearm related. Yeah, you don't want that stuff getting yeah. out there. And yeah, it's yeah. and it's like that's always yeah. been my big holdup is it's like okay, so if I can't use cloud-based software for any kind of governmental contract, why the hell would I want to use it for my own stuff, especially if I'm producing um what's the word I'm looking for? But my intellect in my intellectual property. I'm sorry, I don't want a bunch of code yeah. heads in a in a different you know because the team is not just based in the united states it's, it's worldwide like i'm sorry no uh you know it's it's the deal with on shape on shapes like yeah you can continue using the cloud-based stuff but you have to share your designs with everybody and it's like no that's uh, to me it, it's always been my issue with not only um the you know you can't modify your vehicle because it it violates, you know, GM or Chrysler. No, it's or like the right to the right to yeah, repair so thing. To yeah. me, right to repair and also actually owning the software. Because if you read the the end user license agreement, basically you don't own anything. You're paying for the privilege of using their product and they can change things on a dime. And I, I just have a real problem with that because it's like, no, if I'm going to be tied to this um, this dollar amount, then I have to, and you can talk about, well, it produces more value. No, I either own something or I don't. And if I'm renting something, then the contract should be negotiable from both sides, not just a one-way contract. And, and that, you know, I understand we live in a brave new world now, but like that's been a lot of my argument against cloud-based anything and right to repair um, for a, a long time is that people don't understand okay what's convenient for you doesn't mean that it's right it's not moral it's not moral or ethical um I, you know it it takes literally not even pennies worth of electricity to copy a software uh license to send to you so that you can open your access point like it's you know, and I understand they've they've yeah, got they, engineers they on salary yeah. and blah blah blah. The fucking back end has already been paid for. There's no reason for it to cost what it costs now. It's just it's greed. Yeah, the 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 it is it's money. I mean, I understand the model. <clears throat> I get the model. Being a business person and a capitalist myself, I understand it. I I like the concept that they've come up with to keep people in software and it constantly is being updated so you're getting the latest of everything yeah it's it, kind of it like turning to a to consumer that, into a slave a though we've got a captured audience it is I, yeah and you have to sort of pick and choose you know what what you're gonna what you're gonna use as far as like software goes because like you know we're i'm now in creative cloud with adobe and i fought mm-hmm. it really hard for a long time mm-hmm. 
And then one day I got into Creative Cloud. I used it. I think Sarah showed me a bunch of stuff in there. And I was just like, oh, man, I got to have this. I, I love it so much. And it saves me so much time. So I end up buying into it and then, you know, working with the software company to get a deep, better deal and stuff, which is what Autodesk is wanting to do with me. And I, you know, I appreciate that. And I want to do that. Um I just wish they didn't drop that dollar well, amount the, so low. And, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, and know. in the same vein, because it's the same That's problem I have so with Tormach with their Pathpilot software, it's a fucking Linux kernel. They're using open source software and, hey, we're giving some freebies back to the community. You're using open source software. You're, create, you're selling it as your own thing. And you're like, there's just something inherently dishonest and evil about that. Like if you want to go full open source, fine, but it's uh, it's the same thing with 3D printers and like Prusa. That shit pisses me off because Prusa sued the shit out of a bunch of companies because hey, you're you're copying us, dude. You're you're still using fucking Tinker Toys and Lincoln Logs to build your fucking thousand dollar 3D printer. You're using open source materials, but then you're 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 they clawed it back, which I still don't know how, because they signed all the licensing agreements for the open source stuff. Like I just, I, I I'm sorry when money gets involved and you're like, Oh, the dollar signs are much bigger than, you know, if, if you can go back on your word that easily, I don't trust you. And, and if I don't trust you, I can't respect you. And, and that's what it comes down to. And, and it's the same way with, you know, People can say, well, Fusion, you know, they've got a lot. They, they've been bought out so many times and they've they've gotten rid of so much of the original staff. All that they have basically is they purchased intellectual property rights. They didn't do a lot of the hard work that they're being given credit for. And it kind of pisses me off because it's like I know some of the original engineers that were on the original program that led to what Fusion 360 is now. And trust me, they were not treated well. I, I I just have I have I'm I'm weird. I, I'm a I'm a handshake guy. If you shake my hand and you stab me in the back, I'm not gonna be like, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. I'm gonna be like, you're you know I I just I can't do that. And and I know people try to justify it, but that's just it. It's mental gymnastics. Like they did they did it the way they did it so they could get people hooked on it and then <laughs> they you know they they did they followed in the same vein as on shape and there was a company before them that i'm drawing a blank on right now but it's just i don't know it's ugly and it's unnecessary and i don't i don't agree with it but that's just it'll, it'll be okay Trent. no it's just it'll you be, know it'll be all right i'm i'm beginning to realize that I'm I'm way too idealistic for the world we actually live in. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Also your old man is showing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm trying to I'm trying I know to you are. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't yeah, mean yeah. to drag us down. It's just No, 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 not at all. It's it's something I think about too. I I really do, and especially when I work in IT and I see it all happening. I mean, Microsoft was like the pioneer of this. Like they were the ones that were just like software as a service, you know, like it's a thing and uh yeah, it, 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 it yeah, yeah. It's going that direction. I mean, there's good there's good parts of it and there's bad parts of it. So, uh hey, Sarah. Hey. Could you um 
pull up the questions from the Instagram post. Uh, I cross posted it to the work yes. for it podcast. Uh, oh, and so just so you're aware, if you don't know already, go find us out on Instagram at work for it dot podcast. Yes, we have our own Instagram account now. We're big boys with our big boy pants. We're no longer wearing the diapers <laughs> that we were before in social media. Shitting our pants all over the all place, over hoping the place. someone would clean it up for us. And now we're big boys and girls. There's there's actually a couple of uh, fangled. What thing. a great intro. There's a couple of really great <laughs> questions on not only the uh um the podcast Instagram on the work for it, on the work for it I, Instagram too. Or the housework. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean you mean the, the housework? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Read, read away. Let's let's answer some of these things. All right. Mammoth Creek Knives wants to know, what's one tool in your shop that you've bought or made that's been a game changer in your shop? Oof. The plasma table for you. I mean, for, I, sure. for obvious. You, plasma table was a pretty big game changer, yeah. Um, you, you, can, also, you can rapid like, prototype three... the iterations that you can do as quickly as you can do them. Yeah. Oh man, I rapid prototype some. I'm making a video, so I can't really talk too much about it. But I rapidly prototyped something last week that's like a game changer for the revolution. And I, I in the in the course of one day made five different versions mm-hmm. of it on the plasma table. And I was and dude, I just got a major maker boner going on <laughs> with, with that. It was just like and I'm thinking to myself like, oh wait, what if I do this and I could swoop it up over here? And I'm you know, I mean I'm and meanwhile I'm like in fusion kind of drawing this thing up and then two seconds later I have the part in my hand. You know, it's just like we live in the future. Twenty twenty. Welcome to the future. I still want my flying plasma C and C hey that's coming jetpack you're flying if you're flying i will also say though that my the mill even though it's an old as shit mill having that mill made made a huge difference oh yeah uh, well. no absolutely Game like dangers big time that's what i don't think that people sometimes realize is that um i think Redbeard ops talked about it like even with his little mini mill you know he's like it, th- the options that it opens for you you know it's a game changer yep. Like it, the the ability big time. He just acquired a lathe mm-hmm. too. I don't know if you yeah, saw I, that. I watched him uh, deadlift he, and like carry that into the onto his bench, dude. That you know, you and I both know how heavy that. Oh thing yeah, is. that that's what two hundred some plus uh, pounds. Probably pushing three hundred lathe. Yeah, and he lifted it out of his truck, walked it at least fifty yep. feet into his shop, and set it down. Yep. That that guy's a beast. <laughs> So, all right, Sarah, next question. Check out this blade on his Instagram, though. Who, Mammoth Creek? Yeah, it's really nice. Ooh, I like the skull thing, too. I do, too. Ooh, I like that handle. Right? Really it's nice. really nice. And that sheath. What is that What is that symbol on the table? Mm, thing he's got cut that's out. That's his logo. Oh, that's Mammoth. Yeah, that's a Mammoth. Oh, I see. Hello. 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 Brian, wake up. Hello. <laughs> Are you there? Really, Are you really, in there? really cool piece. All right, ready? Um, from JK Blades. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Besides Instagram, what are some good ways to get a name for yourself as a maker and get your work in front of more people? 
I feel like my knives are really great and have been torture tested hard. But without the reputation, it's really hard to make sales. He's starting exactly where everyone else has started. So well, my first piece of advice will be to go and subscribe to everything Gary V has ever made and then go back and watch like the last six months of his content. What will happen is it will open a door for you because you will listen to him and what he's saying and you will hopefully absorb some of those things and remove it removes the stigma from anybody saying like, oh, you shouldn't post that because, you know, so-and-so is not going to like it or you shouldn't share that. That's stupid. Why would you share that? Share every effing thing you can possibly think of all the time. And I know there's a whole bunch of people that have a completely different mindset on this. They're like, I only share the best. I never share, you know, everything. All the pictures have to be set up and all. That's one way of achieving it. But in my opinion, sharing through uh, documenting and not creating is by far the quickest way to grow a social media presence. And then also dig into hashtags because hashtags are the biggest help to you uh to get you in front of people that would normally never see you yeah so for it's, instance it's like it's like a, a algorithm maker, hack the it is and if you're a knife maker you don't hashtag knife making you hashtag whatever the person that might be buying it is looking at bushcrafting chef's knives chefs chefs of instagram artists of instagram all of those things are those are the people that are going to buy your product other knife makers are not going to buy your product. You know why? They have a shit ton of knives too. They're not going to buy it. They're going to, you might get a couple of people that buy your, you know, through the knife making community, but you're really wanting all these other folks to buy it. So you want to target them. Uh, and I, I would, I believe in all forms of social media, wherever it may fit you. Like I'm not a huge fan of TikTok, but I mean, YouTube all day long, Instagram all day long, Facebook all day long. People are leaving so many connections on the table by not sharing their stuff yes but and, on um, the i think it's because they're just they don't want to do they don't do it because they feel like oh i've shared like enough today um the guy that owns oh jesus what was his name now it's gonna kill me on instagram he shared a post an hour every hour of every day for like yeah i remember you talking he about grew that. his axe business he grew um his business from nothing to like hundreds of thousands of followers in in the matter of a couple of years by doing this strategy and it and it's like if you don't like what you see you just scroll past it you know who takes the time now to stop and go oh i saw this axe you know yesterday or whatever you share too much axe content to be fair whatever like no one's doing to be fair we I've actually mentioned JK blades on one of our previous episodes, trying to get him some more traction. And he's, he's, he's at that point where he's kind of stalled out. And what you have to realize about social media that most people, most people don't really have the time to invest in it because if you're out in the shop eight hours a day, making knives, when the fuck are you supposed to do it? It really is a lot of work. I, I'm not. It, I'm not you, trying to make you, excuses. You document. What I'm saying is, but you document. Yeah, what I'm saying is, this is this is the crux for a lot of the smaller knife makers who are trying to explode onto the scene. 
you know, they're pretty good knife makers. They don't understand that they're going to spend as much, if not more time marketing, advertising, and doing sales than making the knives. Until you focus on marketing, advertising, and sales, you'll go absolutely nowhere. Exactly. I, I can tell you right now from experience, you will absolutely go nowhere. And it doesn't ma- matter if you make the best knife on the, in the world. You can make the best, mm-hmm. most unique, beautiful knife on the planet unless you take a hot minute, sit down, yep. and start messaging people and building relationships on social media. No one will ever fucking and the, and see And so it. that's, that's, my, that's my addendum to what Brian says is that you have to, if you want to grow, you have to focus on the marketing advertising and sales it's part of running a business his knives are nice it's yeah you know he makes he makes great stuff but people don't realize this that orange working on your business takes more effort than working in your business and it should if you want to grow yeah go check out jk blades on instagram jk blades all one word and go check him out but the part about business Everyone needs to understand is business is about relationships. The more relate and he's building relationships. I mean, he's talking to you, Trent, and he's, you know, answering questions on. And he, so right by him asking that question and having us answer it on the podcast, he has just now exposed himself to our mm-hmm. audience. It's a brilliant move. Mm-hmm. Do that times 50 mm-hmm. and you've got a following. You'll start selling knives. Another guy to look at is uh, Nick Tobin from Pickle mm-hmm. Cutters. That guy talks about his knives more than he makes knives. And you know how many knives he sells? Every single F and one he makes. Mm-hmm. And he sells them sometimes before they're made. And it's because he's got all these great relationships that he's built throughout social media. I talked to Nick this morning on, on the How's phone. How's he doing? I drive in. And he, he's doing fantastic. That's good. I love that man. He's, a, he's a near and dear to my heart. I love Nick. So... All right. What's the next question? Do we have another question? I have to flip to. I've got one for you. It's from Ben's Bites. Go ahead. And he says, let's talk about maker's background, STEM versus studio artist, meaning the background of science, technology, engineering, and math versus, you know, your traditional fine art. Because what he is seeing is that uh, a lot of knife makers start out, you know, they were artists in some other realm. And he doesn't hear about as many that started out from a science and engineering background. Any thoughts on how that plays into the final product and growth as a maker? I would say if you have a background in those things, you already have a leg up. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, if you have an engineering background, I mean, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it's a great question. I, I, you know, look at me. I mean, I'm, I was a computer tech for a long time, but I bridged the gap through creativity, but I do a lot more engineering now than I do creative shit. Well, you, I guess, I guess my film, you kind of already, you had a science and technology background, not just from the computer stuff, but growing up with a you know, a, a general contractor for a dad, you've spent plenty of time on the job site. Oh yeah. And, and that is, it's I've a totally different, it's a totally snow. different mindset than somebody who thinks of, you know, their, their art classes or how much time they put in, in the studio. It's a totally different mindset. Uh, I, I hear uh, the guys on knife talk, talk a lot about this too. They talk about, how knife makers start making knives 
because they want to be known and recognized for their art form. So, you know, it's like ego driven sort mm-hmm. of, you know, like I want to be the greatest, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it, you can apply knife making, you can change it to whatever. I want to be the biggest and greatest painter or I want to be the best poet or whatever, you know, people want to be known and recognized for their work. And, um, and I do too. I want to be known and recognized for my work. Do I want to be famous? Not so much. I don't really care about that as much as I care about like being respected for what I do. Um, Cause those two things don't are not, you know, mutually exclusive. <laughs> you know, you, you can be very famous and very, very, very disrespected. Um, so I, I think that, you know, artists have a lot, uh, have a hard time, you know, with business and until you sort of give up the concept that you're going to be like the, you know, the, the next Leonardo da Vinci, you know, um, make good stuff, you know, make good things that you like to make, enjoy the process and sell and talk about it and enjoy it and, and make some money while you're doing it. Um, you know, and if you've got an engineering and science and math and technology background, if you can't, if you, I think the reason why a lot of these guys want to get into it is because they're so sick and tired of being stuck in a mm-hmm. cubicle and they're hammering away on a keyboard all day long. All they dream about is coming home and, you know, getting in their workshop and building something with their hands, something they can see that's tactile. It's like there. And and that's very attractive to the people that live in the quote unquote virtual. Well, world. and I think you I you think know, I know it drove me. Crazy. I think you hit on a very tangible uh, a very tangible benefit there because it seems to me the people who take to knife making the easiest are the blue collar guys because they're already used to working eight, 10, 12 hours a day, you know, and then they come home and they do this and it's just more work. Whereas the office guys, it, it tends to be more of an escape for them. And it's not that their knives are any better or any worse. It's that, it's a different mentality. Like the blue collar guys literally sweat their asses off building and making shit all day. And then they just come home and it's just second nature to them. Whereas the guy who uses it as an escape, I don't want to say they don't have as much grit. They just, they have a different mentality because, you know, they feel like, man, I put in a long day at the office and it's like, that's 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 it's a different kind of work it's a different kind of like mental work and physical work or you know they're taxing on the body and the mind in different ways yes but i think what it is is the guy that that hammers away on a keyboard all day when he when he comes home he's got a he's got to learn to work with his hands you know i mean and that's that's something that not doesn't come easily to to everyone um, and, and so, you know, more power to him. You can do it. I mean, a lot of guys do it. It's just, uh, the guy that's been out all day, you know, building a house and he comes home and he, he decides he wants to make a knife, you know, he's going to, he's already 10 steps ahead. I mean, he, you know, he's used to creating with his hands and he could do it. So, um, I see, I see where you're going with yeah. it. I, I do. Did you see that, uh, what Nate's, uh, response, um, the, the, he goes by bent llama on Instagram. He says, I spend my days as a fine artist with technical chops in a video game artist. He's a video game artist and animator. 
Moving from that background to bladesmithing and tool making was natural as good tools have both sheen and shank. You bring up a fun point and it would be cool to see their art as a progression. So um, I think there's a lot of guys that can go back and forth, back and forth and do it. I mean, it's. Oh, yeah. You know, that, it, in my yeah, head, I think. Please it's, don't. It, please don't definitely get me mistaken when I'm like, I'm not trying to say one side is better than the other. I think that. Uh, I think that for some people, they're just naturally artistic. And so it doesn't really matter what their background is. But I think a lot of people, uh, and I don't mean this to come across negative, but I think a lot of people, they have the artistry and the playfulness beat out of them through school. And they have to rediscover that now as adults. Because, you know, they've been so focused on get the good grades, get the good job, get this and that. And that's the problem with that kind of thought process is there is no step A, step B, step C. It's it's more about rediscovering that uh, that very intuitive part of ourselves that a lot of us repress because of the way that the corporate structure is. Does that make any sense yeah. at all? Yeah. Fall in line, sit yeah. in a line. Yeah. I, I, I found it really interesting when I had children, I would go to the classrooms and the desks were not all in a line anymore. I don't know about you, but when I was in school, all the desks were in a line. Like mm-hmm. you, you lit, like legit, it was like a military type mm-hmm. style thing where your desk was right behind somebody else in front of you and it was just rows. Now it's not so much like that. It's more pods where kids are like together. It's more socialized. And so they're definitely making some changes in education, which I really like. I think it's it's kind of cool to, to see the progression of it. But it is uh, there's definitely still a lot of a lot of things that need to change and need to um, change for the better, I think. But uh, all right, Sarah, do we have any other questiones? We do. From Tony Ward, Jr., how about methods of breaking out of a motivational blockade? Motivational blockade. The old writer's block. That's mm-hmm. that's a tough one because I've been dealing with it. Um, not to override you, Brian, but I figured since I've actually been struggling with that, I would try to take that one. Yeah, take it. I, I have my own, my own thoughts on it too, but uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, for me, what I've discovered is that the more, how do I put this? The more that you indulge the blockade, the more of it you will see. Uh, it's not so much about, oh, I'm just I'm just going to go create or I'm just going to do this. Sometimes it's literally putting one foot in front of the other and then you'll realize um, either how much time you've been wasting or something some life event will step in the way and when you've got an external influence that's trying to cheat you of your your free time or your uh, creative endeavors you will figure out a way to make it happen it's 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 either you you just slog through until you get back in the routine or you pretty much make a make a decision that I'm not going to allow life circumstances to dictate to me um I, I'm I'm going to do this. 
that's that's pretty much all I've got. But I mean, it's it's what I've been dealing with for the last six months. Yeah, everybody gets this. It is a common thing. Um, one of my favorite quotes of all time is <clears throat> is um, comfort is the enemy of progress. And what how I feel about this is, and this isn't always the case, but when people get comfortable, they tend to slow down. They tend to see progress uh, is something they'll get to later, you know, and, and, um, and then that kind of like feeds itself like a cancer. Um, and what I have discovered is, is the key to my motivation and my drive has always be a little bit uncomfortable, make myself a little bit uncomfortable. And then also sometimes the hardest part is just getting started. You know, when I have a big project on my plate or I have something to do, I just take that one first step and I, I dig into it and then I realize, you know what, this isn't that bad. I can do this. I can make the change. I can, you know, continue to push forward. Um, by the way, uh, the person that said comfort is the enemy of progress is P.T. Barnum of the Barnum and Bailey uh, circus. So, And right next to that quote is a picture of me laying down. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it, and it really shows itself when you build a pool in your backyard and, you know, you stock it with like, you know, not lots of alcohol and all, all the other stuff, all the other comforts of life. And then you realize, you know what? I'm slowing the F down. I'm going to sit next to this thing for there a was, while. There was progress. We discussed ideas. We did, actually. We did a lot of business. As soon as, as, soon as we slow down and relax, we start coming up with new projects. Well, some of my best ideas have come to me that I, way. I think people sure. don't. I think people confuse busyness with progress sometimes. There is a world of difference agree. between the two. Yes. Yeah. And I think there's a whole bunch of people that stay busy because it's like it, they think they, like you said, it equates to progress or it equates to productivity. And it's, it's like, no, no, I was really busy today. Well, what'd you do? Well, I, you know, and, and it's a whole list of things that are totally irrelevant to the mm -hmm. goal. You know, so clearly defining your goal as to what you want to do with your life. You know, it, is it that you want to be a millionaire? Do you want, you know, okay, what's that look like for you? Do you want to, how do you want to achieve that? You know, I will uh, busy myself with a million little things to avoid the one big avoid thing. Avoid the thing that I'm not motivated to do. Yep, exactly. I hate, I have to like hit motivation or demotivational rock bottom before I even will move on the thing I need to do. Yep. I'll do everything else first or nothing. It's a common human trait. Oh man. As soon as I'm in like a creative rut. For well, you know, I mean, it's, People it's just like the, it's just like the animals. It takes a forest fire for them all to get moving. I mean, that's, that's, that's something true. that most people, you know, they, they see pictures in time life magazine or whatever, but I mean, yeah, most of the time animals will wait right until that, that fires at their back door before they start moving. And by the time they do start moving, it's a hellscape. And that's why you'll have deer next to bears, next to mountain lions, next to, you know, whatever critter was hidden in that forest. It, it took that really big, um, that really big change, that really big dramatic shift for them to get out of their comfort zone. And now they're just moving in a that's, blind yeah, panic. Yeah, that's what it is for me. My work life is a hellscape. <laughs> it's a great word. 
I just wait until it's burning right next to me. I'm like, ooh, I better do that. You know, there's multiple people that have told me how clean my workshop is. And they're like, oh, hey, you know, your shop is so clean. I get these comments all the time. You know why? And I'll let you in on this little secret. Because I do what you do, Sarah. While I'm thinking about something, I am picking up. Because I am, too, doing the thing that Trent says. I'm doing all the little things that don't really technically need to be done in order to avoid what I really need to be doing or should be doing. I will say by picking up though, I am actually like achieving something. It's just, uh, you know, it is useful, but it's, that's the reason why my shop is so, so clean sometimes. So is that it? Is all that all our questions so far? No, there's more. There's more. Oh my God. All right. There's more. People want to know. If I use a cheese knife on a steak, does it become a cheesesteak? That's from Bent Llama. <laughs> That's a good dad joke. I like it. Uh, no, it does not become a cheesesteak, although that's very funny, Nate. I like it. Uh, from Riley Knife and Tool, what's a free or low-cost way for a maker to level up from their current skill level? Free or low-cost way? Oh, I got a great answer to this. Let's hear it. YouTube experience. Yeah. It's free, it's low cost. It's it's the only All you have to do is do yeah, it. Yeah, it's in my experience it's literally the only way to level up um because well, it's like you doing everything the hard way and then when you got the plasma table, it allowed you to unleash the skills that you had already learned. The only difference was instead of you having to manually cut things out, you could put the same amount of effort into drawing and then you could make multiple copies or multiple tweaks. Whereas when you're stuck doing the, the manual stuff, you are limited by the amount of like how quickly you can accomplish something and how quickly you can gather the resources for it. So like I always try to tell people equipment is it, it's like a, a force multiplier. Um, all it does is allows you to either make a lot of mistakes very quickly or it allows you to implement good ideas effectively. Yeah, and the more you do it, the 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 better you're going to get at it. Yeah, so, you need the experience. Yeah, free and cheap. Yeah, you got to have the experience. It's just like just those continue, uh, continue. Those uh, first shoot those first person games. You got to get that seat time before you're the the top dog in the game. Yeah, any you can literally apply that to anything. Mm-hmm. You want to get good at something. You want to be the best at something. You have to invest the hour. It's the 10,000 hour rule. Look that up on Google. Yeah. Isn't that Malcolm Gladwell? 10,000 hour rule. I don't know. I don't know who coined the 10,000 hour rule. I can Google it. I thought it was Malcolm Gladwell. Screw it. I thought he talked about it in Outliers. Uh, Let's see. Oh, you're right. It is. It is Malcolm Gladwell. Yep. The principle holds that 10,000 hours of deliberate practice are needed to become world-class in any field. When psychologists talk about deliberate practice, they mean practicing in a way that pushes your skill as much as possible. That is Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, I don't know what book it's I think it's Outliers. Uh, uh, Great. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is the Outliers. Good call. Nice job. I love that book, by the it's way. It's an excellent book. 
It is an excellent book. I listened to it twice. It was so good. All right, Sarah, is there anything else? Um, I don't think so. That's it? He wants to know who you're rooting for. Cubs versus Mar- Marlins. Cubs versus Marlins. The Chubbies. Do I? Oh, that's why. I guess, I guess that is a good question since I'm from Illinois and I live in Florida. I will always be a Cubs fan. The Chubbies. All right. They're, yeah. I mean, you when you look at the Cubs as a, as a franchise, we won one single World Series in the last, what, 100 years or something. So we have to – you have to root for the Cubs. <laughs> It's a horrible. It's a horrible justification. Because you have to. Well, I grew up near Wrigley Field, so you know. That's it. I'm a Cubs fan, diehard. I watch zero baseball games a year. By the way, <laughs> baseball is awful. I can't watch it, but I love the Cubs. I'm telling you, it it's so it slow. It's a good way for me to fall asleep. Baseball's slow. Golf is slow. The only sport I can sit through is hockey these days. I like hockey. All my Canadian friends. Well, like I that. I don't I don't know if you have this problem, but like I will put on certain channels on YouTube when I'm having trouble sleeping because it's just interesting enough oh, yes. that it draws my attention, but it's soothing or rhythmic enough that I can fall asleep. And it's the same way with baseball. Like yeah. it's just interesting enough that yeah. I can like actually put my eyes on it but i find myself like lulled into a sense of like wanting to sleep yeah there's a couple of channels that i I feel like i'm just hanging out with the Mm -hmm. person even though it sounds like super interesting i'm not really learning anything i'm just hanging out and uh, i agree i do that all the time i watch i watch some channels for that reason i'll fall asleep to youtube sometimes because not that I have a, that many opportunities to watch YouTube because nobody in the house really likes it. But uh, anyway, all right. We are uh, over an hour and a half into this show. And I am going to say that this was episode number 19 of Work For It. You have been listening to us on the Makery Network. If you're not familiar with what the Makery Network is, you can head over to makery.network and find all kinds of amazing audio content that will fill your workshop your commute with some awesome content so that to keep you uh you know um focusing on your work and keeping you entertained and all that stuff and you'll find um the handmade podcast with chris zepp derek from alden and paul you also find devin and dustin from the art of craftsmanship jeff fader over at the full blast podcast simple little life my buddy jeremy and um Ken Aaron and the Young Makers podcast, Knife Talk, Overseasoned, and uh, I, I think that's it. I think I've got everybody listed there. I think you did. I think it's you such good. It. I I get soaked up. I get so sucked into these podcasts now. I feel even though I'm not like real true friends with some of these people, you know, like I've talked with them briefly, you know, back and forth on social media and stuff. I just get. I feel like I know them and I, and it's other people have said that about us, by the way, you know, they've messaged us privately. I'm sure you get those messages, Trent, where people I do. are like, I feel like I know you guys. And, um, that's the one that the beauty of the intimacy of the podcast, which I really, truly love. So I am truly thankful that Craig asked us to join up the makery network. Cause, um, it's been really good for me. It's been a good, good experience so far. One of my favorite events of the week. So, anyway, I know me too. And, and, uh, we appreciate you, Trent. 
I hope you know that. I appreciate you guys. Waiting yeah. for Sarah to pipe in. All right, everybody. Thank. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, Brian's looking at me, but he's talking to you. And I'm like, do I answer it? I don't know. <laughs> so I ruined it. You ruined the You know, Again. people are saying on, on, on social media, <laughs> hashtag more Sarah. Hashtag more Sarah. They want to yeah. hear from they you. They do. People really do. You guys, you guys need to go off about your your tools and and all your you know us boys stuff. and our tools. My wife, I just sit my here wife enjoys our your interjections, Sarah. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I need to interject more. Yeah. But um, when you guys are talking, I'm usually like following other uh, blade makers on Instagram and liking their stuff and. Just getting a feel for everybody's work. Nice. That's it's not. See, I'm I'm taking the time to do social. I've been really slacking. What about lately. my Instagram? Have you I, liked any of my photos <laughs> no. recently? No, you haven't. I'm very I, hurt by this. By the way, I haven't. Do liked you anyone's. even watch my YouTube channel? I do. No, you don't. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Uh, Bullshit. I'm a little behind. I, I'm behind. I need to. I need to catch up. You need to learn how to double tap through structural tube steel using a three eighths by sixteen tap, and right. don't tell the world that you don't because you do. All right. Just saying. Anyway, well, I love you. I'm just kidding around. You know this. I'll watch your. I'll watch your stupid videos. Shaft. <laughs> I'll watch your thing with your bolts. Yeah, watch me tap that steel. Yeah. Tap it. All right. All right. Go tap it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, Bye. folks. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye. See you later. Brian. Bye. <laughs> That's see, enough. See you later. All right. All right. Bye for now. All right. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.